Hello and welcome to the Power of Technology podcast series by Dell Technologies. I'm Ryan Bergau from the cloud marketing team, and I'm joined today by Nick Brackney, who is also part of the cloud marketing team here at Dell Technologies. He's joining me today to discuss the implications of AI. Uh, hi, Nick. It's uh, it's good to see you. Hey, Ryan. Uh, welcome. Happy New Year. One thing that I've noticed recently in the world of AI is that it's hard to go anywhere online these days without seeing some mention of chat GPT. Um, can you define what that is real fast for me? Yeah, I, I gotta say, man, chat GPT, it was blowing up everywhere. Uh, and, and really what it is, is it's a generative AI. And what that means is uh, it's a large language model chatbot that's been developed by OpenAI. And so what a lot of people are doing is asking it questions uh, um, posing ideas to it and, and what it is, what the, what the solution is doing or what the, the AI product is doing is it's going and crawling the web, finding all the information around that topic, and then it's generating a net new response to it. So this is a, this is a, a new advancement in AI. So it sounds like a lot of the, um, the value of chat GPT, and I assume by extension, um, other AI platforms is that data is really important um, for for these uh, systems to to uh, properly prepare outputs. Um, is that a, a fair statement? Like, how important is data for AI in general? It absolutely is. Uh, you know, one of the things is a lot of the AI models that we've been using for years um, they go back decades, right? They, they, this is not new material uh, or, or uh, uh, new ideas or concepts, uh, we, we have a ton more power, you know, right now with, with compute uh, to make them more realistic and scalable. Uh, but, but yes, you're absolutely correct. It's the data itself that oftentimes is, is super valuable in the equation of AI. And so uh, when you mentioned data, obviously data inputs um, and the the actual foundation for the data that's being input into these models um, uh, could potentially be variable. Um, have you ever experienced that or seen that um, in market or, you know, in your personal experience with these types of platforms? It, you know, I have a really funny story about this, actually. So I have a friend who's a data scientist and he's, he's wired a little differently, right? And, and, and so, you know, he was trying to teach his uh, sister of all people uh, about the dangers of social media and what we put on it. And, you know, most of us would just go and we'd, we'd go find a documentary or we'd find an article and we'd send it over, but not him. He he had to generate an AI model. And so what he wanted to do in his hypothesis was, was that I, I can generate an AI model uh, or I will use an AI model to ge to generate answers to a question based on your responses. And so he he crawled all of her Facebook data and, and, and his Facebook data, looked at all the times that he had posted foods. And she had then made a comment, liked it. Um, and then he wanted to use all this information, uh, take a new picture of food and apply the algorithm and see if he could predict accurately uh, if, if she would like uh, that that food. Now, the funny part of this and where, where you know, I come into this is it, my friend is Italian-American. He he loves uh, traditional Italian foods, and he he has a little bit of a beef with Olive Garden. 
And so I thought it was funny to uh, consistently mention in his in his uh, Facebook, uh, uh, I would troll him on Olive Garden and how tasty it was. And uh, what was really interesting and back to the data conversation is my data actually managed to corrupt uh, the AI results. And so, you know, he put in a picture of fish and it would then output that it was pasta because it would assume that it was Olive Garden. So it sounds like there's some there was some human involvement in that anecdote um, in creating accurate results. Um, is that fairly typical or how close are we to, to full autonomy um, without the requirements for humans in the loop? You know, in this case, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the, the interesting thing was uh, I, had, I had messed up his data. And so he had to go back to, to you know, his model and he had to write a new algorithm uh, what's referred to as a recursive algorithm to basically strip all mentions of Olive Garden and, and everything that I had said in his in his data sets, uh, so that the data model would 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 run and, and work accurately. And, and so, uh, to answer your question about the broader implications of AI, you know, I, I think we're relatively early on this, and you know, it's much like the autonomous vehicles. Uh, you know, right now we have things like lane assist. We have uh, things like uh, emergency braking, and these are big breakthroughs. And you know, Chat GPT GPT has been blowing people away. They're very excited about the technology. Uh, it's it's getting so much press and, and interest. But it's important to note that it's still early. And actually, uh, how the the program is actually developed, uh, it takes account for this, right? So uh, you put in your query, and it spits out an answer for you. And then you can take it and you can pivot it and you can adjust it. So, you know, there've been all these uh, articles about people talking about write me poetry and write me a poem from scratch. And it, it's pulling all the poetry from the internet and then it generates its own poem. And then from there, they might ask a question like, or they might refine the, the, the query by saying that that was great poetry, but write it in the Shakespearean voice. And then it would go and it would look at Shakespeare's works and it would then come back and it would, it would morph it, it would adjust it. And then they might even be funny and say, hey, now let's let's apply a pirate voice to it. So let's let's make it a pirate that's making a poem in a Shakespearean style. And so what you're seeing is, is that there, there's a lot of cool things that the technology can do, but it absolutely is very dependent upon the inputs from from um, you, know, you know the person who's using that application, and that person is needed to to refine the results and to continue to innovate in this area. So that's a fantastic um, high level summary of of what ChatGPT is, um, where we are with AI. Um, so to, to bring it back to the implications for businesses. Um, what can be what can orgs be doing with their data to make the most out of this technology today? Yeah, and using chat GPT as an example of this, I, I think it's a really interesting one, which is, you know, the reason why it's so powerful right now is it has the ability to tap into the entire Internet. Right. There's a huge body of data that's been out there for years that no one knew uh, if it had any value at all. Right. Um, a lot of this stuff is just out there. Uh, and what we're seeing is that when you apply AI, there, there's new value that can be created from old data. 
And, and so my suggestion to every organization is I, I always talk and I joke about being a digital pack rat, right? Don't delete anything. Um, but, but really what, what we should be thinking about is how do I collect? How do I tag? How do I curate my data sets? How do I protect them? These are all things I need to do because I may not know what question I want to ask today, but if that data gets deleted, I will never get the answer tomorrow. And, and so that is really the foundational first step I would say with AI is make sure that your company is valuing data as a resource, understands its significance, and creates a plan uh, for, for collecting, curating that data uh, even if it doesn't appear to have value today, tomorrow it may be extremely valuable in these, in, in the context of your business and what your goals are. Well, Nick, thanks for joining me today to provide that overview of uh, AI, uh, ChatGPT, and the opportunities for organizations to make the most out of their data. Um, on the next iteration of Power Technology Podcasts, I'd like to dive into more of the implications for companies as IP is being presented to these different platforms. Uh, if you're interested in this episode, please like, subscribe, or leave, leave us a review and join us for part two. If you're interested in data protection, cyber resiliency, or cyber recovery, check out our sister podcast, Power to Protect. That's power, the number two, and protect. I'm Ryan Brigau, and thanks for listening and have a fabulous day.